Jazzcast Pros. I want to ride my bike. I'm like, all right, get up and ride. The bike is ready. You only have to go around the block. I'm not saying get up and, and go push out and do five miles or like ride around the block. Come on back. My heart actually just started beating faster, just telling you about this. And I burst into tears. I couldn't get out of the bed and go for a ride. I could not. And and so I'm laying in the bed crying because I can't ride my bike. The emotions that I was feeling, this anxiety um, about getting on my bike, but like my chest is getting tight. I could feel my chest getting tight as I'm talking to you about riding the bike. And my, my breathing is um, more labored. This is a moment that I can identify that I'm having physical anxiety, a physical uh, anxiety response to riding my bike. If you are interested in learning more about implementing tools, what the tools look like, how do they work? Like what tools? Keep listening. Healthy Illness Podcast. I am your host, Kelly Marie. This is the podcast helping you to maintain and develop healthier relationships while living with mental health conditions. This podcast is a part of the Jazzcast Pros Network. So check out everyone that is on the Jazzcast Pros Network. We are all working hard and working together to give you the tools that you need to live the life you want to live. And so today's podcast is about confronting anxiety. What does implementing the tools look like, right? Like you hear me talk about the mysterious tools and, you know, I've I've talked about some of the issues that I've had and how I implemented the tools, but I want to just talk about the myths and misconceptions around what living with a mental health condition is and what implementing the tools looks like. Why is that important? I will tell you that right after you like, subscribe, and share. Do all of the social media things. Send this to someone. Click the like button. Subscribe. Follow. Send me an email to frontseatlife at gmail.com. If you want to reach out, let me know what topics interest you and you know where you think a, a great direction for the podcast would be. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for reaching out. Thank you for sharing. And thank you, you know, for being here with me today. So one of the conditions I live with is generalized anxiety. And um, I think we have this misconception around what uh, a mental health condition looks like and at what point it affects your life. And so I am able to live a life that may not necessarily be fulfilling. I may not be fulfilled, but because of the mental health conditions, I'm limited in some of the things that I do. But being limited in those things when I'm generally healthy is still not a completely debilitating life. But what I've learned on this journey and what I'm doing on this journey is meeting me where I am and pushing myself to do a little more. 
But that doesn't mean to go out and, you know, be a boss, you know, flex move, all that kind of stuff. Doing more to me is being more, being true to myself. It doesn't mean filling up my calendar. It means pursuing joy, uh, doing more of the things that makes me happy, building those healthier relationships, relationships with friends, relationships with food, relationships with money, relationships with the environment, relationships with my coworkers, like relationships with everybody, everything, all of the things, the relationships with the universe. And so, how does that look and why does that drive me? So you know my story, living with borderline personality disorder and generalized anxiety and major depression um, is a recipe for disaster, but it didn't, you know, end up that way, right? So one of the things that I've been able to do over the years, and it's it's taken many years of work. I didn't always have guides to help me. A lot of the work that I do and why this podcast even exists is because the tools that I needed didn't exist. And, and by tools, right? The words that I needed to better understand what I was going through, the methods of treatment that were, you know, that made sense to me, uh, having tough conversations around mental health and uh, mental illness, I didn't really have the type of audiences and people that I needed around me to to talk to about these things. And so that's one of the reasons why Healthy Illness exists. It's one of the reasons why Front Seat Life LLC exists, because I, I never want anyone else to have to search and seek and find in order to be able to have the things that they need in order to live a healthier life. You know, there are myths around mental health and mental wellness and mental health conditions and challenges and, and what illness looks like. And, you know, you can have a diagnosis or not. We all have mental health. We all have physical health, right? And so one of the things that I have learned and have been really seeing when talking to folks, talking to clients and friends and you know, at workshops and, and all the things is that when you think about how mental wellness occurs and what mental wellness looks like, it doesn't mean that you no longer have the issue. It doesn't mean that you no longer have symptoms. It doesn't mean that the illness or, or challenge doesn't impact your life. What it means is you recognize the signs and symptoms early enough to be able to begin to implement tools that will assist in minimizing its impact or jumpstarting the recovery process out of that episode or situation. And that is where a lot of folk don't understand and, and miss the mark on what the wellness journey is. And so I appear reasonably healthy, reasonably mentally well to the average bear, but I don't share all the thoughts that I am going through. People don't see me when I'm at home in tears because I, I can't go outside. I don't have uh, the agoraphobia when you can't leave the house, but my anxiety will prevent me from doing things that I want to do. And um, that is the example that I'm going to use with you today. So here I am smiling, recording a podcast, back at it again in the lab. Uh, can't wait to let Jazz know that there's a podcast ready for production. And so at the same time that I have the smile that, you know, I got up today and got dressed and 
it's kind of funky weather. Like the sun was out and brilliant. Now it's gray and it's supposed to rain. It was raining. It's just like, bah. But even with all those things, even with being in this great like mental health position, my anxiety is is holding me back from doing something I want to do. And that is where the tools then kick in, right? So I've identified something. In this case, it's bike riding. Now I'll, I'll I'll dig a little bit more into that in a second. But I've identified a thing that I want to do, and I'm not able to just get up and do it. So generally speaking, it, without you know something like anxiety in your life, you might say, "All right, I'm going to go for a quick bike ride on Saturday or after work." And uh, that time comes, you, you go outside and get on your bike and you go for a ride. You may be uh, a little concerned or leery. So in my case, right, I'm in this recovery process for back surgery. My recovery is, to me, going like really well. And uh, I've been cleared to ride my bike. So if you head over to IG or you've been following, hanging out with me for a while, you know, I love to ride my bike. I love the freedom of just, it's um, like flying slowly because I'm not a fast bike rider, but there's this sense of freedom being out on my bike. And I have not been on a bike ride. Um, This is August. So probably at least a year. I'm not sure. I know um, I wasn't feeling that great this time last year. And I, I don't remember my last bike ride. I can go back and see if I recorded it in Strava, but... If you're enjoying this episode, check out High Vibe Table Talks, where we start to remove mental barriers and take action now so you can achieve your someday desires. I'm your host, Mershawn Hargrave, and if you've ever heard that little voice inside to go after something, but the fear around the unknown felt too big, this is the podcast for you. Listen and subscribe to High Vibe Table Talks on the Jazzcast Pros Network with the podcast listener you're using right now, because it is high time you activated your high vibes. And... Now that I have been cleared to ride my bike, um, I saw the neurosurgeon and they are basically like, you're good. Follow-up x-rays look good. The rods and screws are all rotting and screwing. (laughs) Uh, Not intended, but whatever. <laughs> um, so they're working. The, the, the stuff is doing what they're supposed to do, y'all. So here I am. I am physically capable and was given the very clear directions that if I feel comfortable riding, then go out for a ride. And starting slow, right? Like I'm not hopping on the bike and doing 20 miles. I, I really want to just go around the block. I want to see what it's like. And so this morning I was laying in the bed and I'm like, yes, I'm going to do it. Now, mind you, I was cleared to ride about a month ago. This is summertime. So the weather has been fine. I was not ready when they cleared me. I was still physically feeling a little, you know, weirdness, but not anything overt, nothing wild. I just, I, you know, I was like, well, I'll wait knowing that, you know, I've got to grip the bars and all that kind of stuff. I'll, I'll wait a little bit to ride. But I have two bikes. I have an upright um, kind of a, a mountain bike. And then I have a road bike that is still more upright than a racer. But it requires me to, you know, kind of hunch over. So 
I have the the bigger, heavier bike that that would be the one that I would start out with. It's slower, it's sturdier, and it'll allow me to kind of like sit upright when I when I ride. And um, I've been good for a couple weeks, and I still haven't gotten on the bike. And I acknowledge my fear. You know, like it's been a while. I haven't been on the bike in a while. I already have anxiety around bike riding. And even though I love the freedom of it, every time I ride, it's I'm, I'm anxious. And so back to that myth piece, right? Like just because you see someone doing something, or just because you are doing a thing, doesn't mean that there aren't adverse feelings that you're feeling about the thing that you're doing. You could be laughing and smiling and enjoying yourself and still be anxious or depressed. Two things can exist at the same time. And so I know that there's already that anxiety that I have around writing. And I, I planned out, I live in a, a great neighborhood with bike lanes. Although people still be driving wild, but uh, I live in a, a, a neighborhood that I, I mean, also is Buffalo. So if you've never been to Buffalo, New York, it's not that wild in these streets. It's not like riding in New York City or Chicago or, or some great, you know, metropolis. It's, it's, we're a big town. And so I'm capable of getting out there safely understanding that with all of the safety precautions, my helmet, bike lights, you know, properly inflated tires, you know, well, uh, well-maintained bike, but it's not trash. I have footwear for riding. Like I, I have everything I need to ride gloves for the summer gloves for cold weather. Like I, I have all the equipment to be safe, reflectively you're like, I got it all. So I addressed that part of my anxiety with having all of the supplies and tools, like the physical tools that I would need in order to ride. And um, yeah, I still haven't gotten on my bike. And so last weekend, I'm like, let me get the bike ready. That way, when, I, when I'm ready to go, I, the bike is ready. Tires have air. I could just hop on it and go. I don't have to stop and fill it up. And which I know me, that's just another layer of procrastination. I won't go out. So last weekend, I cleaned it up, filled the tires, checked the the chains, made sure that everything was oiled and um, tightened up some stuff. So I, like, I'm the bike is ready. I'm physically ready. I'm still not mentally ready. And so here I am this morning, saying I want to ride my bike. I'm like, all right, get up and ride. The bike is ready. You only have to go around the block. So again, I'm not setting myself up for fear, not saying get up and and go push out and do five miles or go down to the water and come back, like ride around the block, come on back. My heart actually just started um, beating faster, just telling you about this. And so I, I am laying in the bed and I burst into tears. I couldn't get out of the bed and go for a ride. I'm like, all right, well, once you get up and get dressed, you know, hop on the bike, go for a ride. I couldn't get up and get dressed. I could not. And and so I'm laying in the bed crying because I can't ride my bike. And I'm not upset with myself for having the emotion. Like that's a different emotional response. The emotion that I was feeling, this anxiety um, about getting on my bike can you hear the difference? I can feel the difference. I don't know if you can hear the difference in 
my speech, but like my chest is getting tight. I can feel my chest getting tight as I'm talking to you about riding the bike. And my, my breathing is um, more labored. This is a moment that I can identify that I'm having physical anxiety, a physical uh, anxiety response to riding my bike. And so, again, I'm not joining a, the, a tour. I'm not, you know, going on a, a group ride. I'm just hopping on a bike and I'm going around the block. And so implementing the tools in that moment this morning, and it was early, so it was probably around 8, 8.30, so early enough to get up and get out before the rest of the world starts on a weekend day. Um, so fewer people outside, and uh, I, I, I still, I just, I, I couldn't do it. And so I recognized what was happening, just like I could, I walked you through what I was just recognizing in myself and still can feel the tightness of my chest and the heavy breathing and um, my pulse um, increasing, my heart rate increasing. Uh, I recognized those things in my tears this morning and said, all right, when you feel this way about riding, what's helpful, what's beneficial? And riding with someone has always been a great comfort to me. And so I I didn't want to ask my normal bike riding partner, because I just felt that's a, a heavier burden. I don't know. So that that's like a whole nother conversation around, you know, relationships and friendships and being a burden, quote unquote, on people. But that is how I felt. And so I did not want to walk through the the list of things to do for that conversation. And so what I decided to do, I have a, a work colleague who we don't work at the same organization, but we work in the same circles around health and wellness and mental health and community development. And um, she literally lives down the street. Um, the way our, our neighborhoods are, the street's a different name, but it's the same street. So I started sending her a text message and was going to ask her if she rides. I know that she does a lot of walking and um, wanted to ask her if she would go on this first ride with me. She's close by. It's a little stress ride. Even if she's not a big rider, like fast ride, like I'm not going fast. I literally want to go around the corner. And so I started sending this text message and started feeling foolish, like foolish for reaching out. Um, um, and so you, and, and I'm, I am sharing all of this with you because I'm, I'm going to be accountable to you too and reaching out to her. So I'm going to reach out to, to Brittany with the P and ask her if she's going, if she would ride with me um, on my, my first ride. So I'm going to do that right now. Um, while I'm recording, I'm going to send her a text message. So I'm going to send Brittany a text message. I already started it. And um, I'm going to delete it because it started sounding really work and technical. Like, I'm looking for assistance. Would you be interested in like, but I don't talk like that to her. Like, we don't have that kind of relationship. Like, we, we're we're work folks, but um, someone that I would consider a work friend. And so it is afternoon now. It definitely said good morning. So I'm going to say good afternoon. Looking for help for some 
How? Oh, and so the other reason why I thought she'd be a good person to reach out to is because we're having this local event uh, tomorrow. Um, there is a, a national uh, community bike um, activist expert coming to the area, and she's working with some folks to go on a community ride. So in my mind, I'm thinking, well, maybe that means she rides bikes. Um, do you bike ride? Question mark. <laughs> if so, oh, I could do it this way. Would you be interested in going on my going with me on my first bike ride, question mark. I'm having major anxiety about getting back on my bike and I literally just want to go around the block, period. I was in tears this morning because I could not get on the bike and thought that you being a close neighbor would be a great place to start, period. Okay. So it's going to be a long text message, but people know that I send long text messages, period. I sent it. Okay. So I sent it and I feel like crying um, because I don't like asking for help. But one of the things that we have to do in, um, like, I feel the tears. Ugh. Uh, No, not ugh. Thank you, eyes, for tearing up and showing me an emotional response. I appreciate you for doing the things that you do. And so... This is the message to Brittany. It's so official. I did it. I'm going to screenshot it. And I'm only going to share it if she says yes. Or I'll delete her name out. And it's too late because she just said yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And yes. So Brittany with the P, we're going to go on a bike ride. And so I am going to go cry right now because I did a big thing in asking for help. Um. And she said yes. So you'd think I just asked her to marry me. But yeah, uh, that is what implementing the tools looks like. It doesn't mean that there's not an emotional reaction. It doesn't mean that you don't still feel the anxiety or the pressure or the depression or the whatever it is that you might be experiencing. It means that in spite of those things, you implement the tools. And the tool in this case was asking for help. And using voice to text because it was taking me too long to actually text it. And so there's that. I'll keep you posted on our ride. And if you are interested in learning more about implementing tools, what the tools look like, how do they work? Like what tools? She didn't use a tool. Go back and listen to probably any of the episodes because I'm all about the tools. Um, especially as they relate to anxiety and depression and how to function in this space and developing better relationships with yourself and others. And I will be back with episodes following up on my back surgery uh, recovery, having the laminectomy, what that looks like now, three months out, and um, this this whole recovery process. So if you are looking for someone to talk to and you don't know where to go, um, there are tons of resources online, but you can dial 211 or go to 211 on your phone or browser. And that's the national um, assistance line. Um, it, it, it's an info line. Ask them, tell them what you're looking for. And they have um, area-specific resources for you. If you are experiencing a mental health crisis, dial 988 
or go to your nearest hospital immediately. There is only one you and you are not replaceable. You are loved and you are not alone. Um, the trouble won't last always. It's temporary. And there are um, people uh, and tools that um, can help. So until the next time, check out another episode of a podcast of Healthy Illness Go back and listen to Living the Front Seat Life or check out another podcast on the Jazz Cast Pros Network. Until the next time, I am your host, Coach Kelly Marie, and be the light. Greetings, everyone. My name is Ra. Yes, I am the host of Father Torch. I would like to take this time to invite you in my discussions on very, very important topics of being a black and brown father in today's society. Being a parent, the other parent, we face trials and tribulations too. We have worries, we have feelings. Here at Father Torch, we promote the advocacy of being the dad you wish you had. Join me at fathertorch.com. Hi, I'm Kelly. And I'm Kelly. The host of Getting Real with Bossy, the real, raw, and honest podcast about small business ownership. We created Bossy to be a safe place to ask the hard questions and to get support that's necessary. With our experience, nine businesses in over 25 years, we continue to bear it all and share what we wish we had known. We move past the must-be-nices and start getting real. Come along as we interview small business owners and get the true story. Leave with another tool for the next time you feel alone on this journey. Business ownership leads to unexpected knowledge. What are you an expert at? Tell us at Getting Real with Bossy and subscribe today.